Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Well, we've made it through July. Give yourselves a hand for being here tonight. Just quickly by show of hands, who was here every Wednesday in July? About a third of us. Who, who was here for three Wednesdays in July? Two? One? <laughs> That's everyone, right? <laughs> just, just a real quick review before I jump into uh, tonight's final teaching, which is so, so important if we're going to truly move forward like the Lord is calling us to. We learned about uh, fishing for people and that the people that we are first called to reach are the people who are right around us. What were the, the Fs? Remember the Fs? The three? Five, I mean four? Followers, family, friends, and fellows. Very good. And then week two, Felicia taught us some really practical ways to share the gospel, just also by a show of hands. Has anybody used the bracelet or Jesus at the door? A few. I know our family has. <laughs> um, very good. Then last week, uh, Pastor Deanna taught us about helping new believers take their first steps, right? That you gotta, it's got to be with a personal touch, right? You can't wait for people to come to you. We have to go to them. Pray with them, help them find the healing and the freedom that they need, and then help them, right, take their baby steps. Like, uh, did anybody remember the B's, the four B's? Baptism, Bible, body, and bold, right? Get them baptized to make sure that their decision is, is 100% for sure about Jesus. Teach them to read the Bible, get them connected with the body, and encourage them to be bold and start sharing their faith with others, right? Well, for tonight, I have a newsflash for you. You ready? Yes. Come on, I want everybody's eyes up here. Your ears open, your heart open. Ready? If you want to truly make disciples for Jesus, you actually have to care. You actually have to care for people. To effectively reproduce healthy disciples, it takes the heart of a father or mother. The heart of a spiritual father or mother. And we see uh, the Apostle Paul as a wonderful example of a spiritual father. I want to read you just a few scriptures. This is Paul speaking, okay? We're going to have them on the screen for you. 1 Timothy 1, verse 2, I'm writing to you, Timothy, and what does it say? My true son in the faith. Now, was Paul, I mean, was Timothy actually biologically Paul's son? No. My true son, though, in the faith. May God the Father in Jesus Christ, our Lord, give you grace, mercy, and peace. 2 Timothy 1, 2. I'm writing to you, Timothy, my dear son. Do you see the affection there? May God the Father in Christ Jesus, our Lord, give you grace, mercy, and peace. 
Then let's move beyond Timothy to Titus. Titus 1.4. I'm writing to you, Titus, my true son in the faith that we share. May God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Savior, give you grace and peace. And finally, Philemon, I appeal to you to show kindness to my, my child Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. So Onesimus was in prison at the same time as Paul, and Paul became his spiritual father. Paul won him to Jesus and discipled him there in prison, right? Okay, that brings us to our main passage for tonight, and we're going to read out of 1 Timothy chapter 1 again. We're going to read verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to go down to verses 18 and 19. In the middle of those verses, you can go back and read it on your own. It's a bunch of encouragement, okay? This letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, appointed by the command of God our Savior in Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. I'm writing to you, I'm writing to Timothy, my True son in the faith, may God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Every time I pause, you say it, right? Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Cling to your faith. Good job, guys. Very good. You were there. Come on, let's read it again. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have violated their consciences and as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Who wants your faith to be shipwrecked? Boo. Who wants to make disciples and then uh, after all is said and done, their faith is shipwrecked? No, no, no. no. Let me say it again. If we want to effectively make disciples, we have to care. We have to care about people. And to effectively make disciples that are healthy and resilient. Come on, say resilient. resilient. What does it mean to be resilient? Right. No stopping, you bounce back. Because how many of you know if you follow Jesus, some things try to mess with you sometimes. Some t- things try to, to, to push you down or to push you back. And to be resilient means, you know what? No matter what comes, I'm gonna keep on keeping on. I'm gonna keep on following Jesus. And so if we wanna make resilient disciples, we need to have the heart of a father or mother. All right. From 1 Timothy 1, I'm gonna give you Okay, this is in your handout, but you, you might want to write uh, extra notes here because there's more than this, this just, there was more than what is just in the handout, okay? I'm going to give you five characteristics of a spiritual father or mother, and directly correlated with each characteristic is a benefit of a spiritual father or mother, okay? Five characteristics of a spiritual father or mother, and then directly correlated the benefits that go along with that. The first one is this, and this is so powerful. Number one, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers see sons, not just converts. What did Paul call Timothy, 
Titus and Onesimus. Dear sons, right? Dear sons. They see sons, not just converts. And if we're going to truly make resilient disciples, we have to see our disciples as more than just a convert to Christ. But as someone, as a child that needs to be raised. Okay? They see sons, daughters, by the way, as well. Not just converts. Do you see people that you win to Jesus or people that you're discipling as sons and daughters or just people that got converted? Okay? Now, what's the benefit of a spiritual mother, a spiritual father that sees sons and daughters and not just converts, okay? The benefit is love and identity. Love and identity. Let me tell you, I don't know about you, but in my walk with Jesus, it's been, it's been a minute around the block and back again, okay? Going on a lot of years. 26, 27 years really, truly following Jesus with my whole heart. And, and, and I don't know if I'm the only one, but I, as I've walked with Jesus, I've discovered through the years that I've not always believed the right things. I've had my thinking corrected. Anybody experienced that? Or is it just me? Guess what? Do you know why I've been able to change the way I think? It's because I know who I am. I know who I am. I know I'm loved by God and I have been loved by mentors, by spiritual mothers and fathers in my life. You've met some of them, right? I know who I am. I don't always necessarily know everything or think the right things, but because I know who I am and I know I'm loved and I have a right identity with the Lord, right? And I, uh, the right identity with God as my father and a right loving relationship with spiritual fathers and mothers in my life. I've been able to change the way I think because I know who I am. If you don't know who you are, you'll never know how to think. But and if you only learn what to think and you never learn who you are, you'll end up not thinking the right thing anyway. Identity is the avenue to renewing your mind. So the benefit of having a spiritual father, a spiritual mother, and being a spiritual father, a spiritual mother in someone else's life is that you'll see them as sons, as daughters, not just converts, and you'll give them love and you will tell them their identity. And if they get that, they'll learn how to think. Okay? Second characteristic of a spiritual mother or father they instruct the heart rather than just teach ideas. Many of you are actual parents. By now, if you've raised children, even for a few years, you realize it's not just about teaching them ideas, but about getting to their heart. Because we know that if their heart is in the right place, the ideas will follow, right? I mean, this goes along with the love and identity, right? If their heart is in the right place, the ideas will follow. And so many times discipleship is all about just getting people to think the right things, to get the right ideas. But the reality is we have to teach their heart. We have to instruct their heart in the right way and the ideas will follow. 
What is the benefit of having a spiritual father or mother or being that to someone? And that is this, encouragement and affirmation. See, we can see also in 1 Timothy, it says, not only did he call him my true son in the faith, but also he said, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. Listen, what do prophetic words do? The main thing they do, they encourage, right? They encourage us and they affirm the will of God for us. Prophetic, that's what, and, and this is what, this is an example of what Paul's doing with Timothy. We know that Paul taught Timothy all the right ideas, but we know even more that Paul encouraged and affirmed him as a son. We know that Timothy became an apostle himself, right? He knew who he was. And he lived encouraged and affirmed by a spiritual father. Encouragement and affirmation. As we're making disciples, we have to learn to teach their heart, to encourage them, to affirm them, and not just focus on fixing all the bad ideas. Yes? Many of my bad ideas were corrected because I was encouraged and affirmed and taught who I was in my heart. Number three, characteristic of a spiritual father or mother, they help their disciples to fight right. Right? He says, sorry, he says, may my instructions and the prophetic words and all that, may they help you what? Fight well. How many of you know there's a way to fight that's not right? <laughs> and this is, the, this is the problem. So many disciples don't know how to fight right. They try to fight the devil in the flesh. I don't know about you. I've done it. You ever fought a battle wrong? How does that go? There's no way to know how to fight right unless you're instructed. Unless you're given an example. And spiritual mothers and fathers don't just throw their sons and daughters, their disciples to hopefully they make it, right? But they set an example and they're with them, alongside them, throwing the punches with them. Sometimes, listen, sometimes taking punches for them. In the beginning, fighting for them, for they don't know how to fight yet. But we teach them, help them to learn how to fight right, how to fight with the word, how to walk in the spirit, how to resist the devil, how to overcome the world, how to crucify the flesh. By the way, that's how you fight right. <sighs> we resist the devil. We fight him with the word. We crucify our flesh. We resist, we, we, we turn away from the world, right? But Disciples need an example and someone alongside them to help them learn how to do that. You can't just tell them and hope they, hope they make it. Listen, they won't make it. But with our help, with a spiritual mother and father, they can make it. What is the benefit that goes along with that? It is victory over the devil and the flesh. How many of us want to be disciples of Jesus that win the victory over the devil and our flesh? How many of us want to help have disciples, make disciples, and we help them win the victory over the devil and the flesh? To be victorious. If they're going to be victorious, we've got to teach them to fight right. And only a mother and a father, someone with the heart of a mother and a father, 
is going to do more than just teach them. It's going to come alongside and help them learn to fight. I'm so glad that I have had people in my life that helped me learn to fight right. Number four. They help their disciples, a spiritual mother or father, help their disciples to hold on to Christ no matter what. Paul told Timothy to cling, to cling to your faith in Christ, he said. What does it mean to cling? Come on, turn to somebody and show me cling. To hold on tight. Like a bulldog that won't let go. (laughs) Why? Because everything in the world and the devil is fighting to get people to let go of Christ. It's not like the devil just goes, oh, well, I lost him. Might as well just get, no. The devil and the world throw everything at followers of Jesus to get us to stop following him. I mean, how many people have you heard of nowadays deconstructing? That's all just the devil trying to get people to stop clinging to Christ. How many people have you seen come, get touched, get healed, get delivered, and then a little while later you turn around and you're like, where'd they go? They let go. And a spiritual mother and father isn't going to just let disciples just, just let go. Just, eh, the devil got him. So glad my leaders didn't just let the devil get me. They fought for me and they helped me learn how to hold on to Christ. It is so important nowadays in this generation In this world we live in, while everything is fighting to push people away from God, we help people hold on tight, right? The benefit of this is, there we are, a resilient faith. Because things are going to come and knock them down. Who's going to be right there to help pick them back up? If you're a mother or a father, you will. You will. If you're just interested in teaching people stuff, you won't. But if you're a mother or a father with a heart and you care about them, you will help pick them up and help them get going again. When something squashes them, you'll be there to encourage them again. When, and this is important, something does confuse them or get them a a little bit away from the Lord, A mother and a father will say, "Uh uh-uh, not on my watch. Get back in here. The benefit of that is a resilient faith. We teach them to bounce back. Because all their life, the enemy's going to be throwing stuff at them. But if they can be resilient, they'll win. Amen? Number five. Final one. Characteristic of a spiritual father or mother is that this, they model and reproduce godly character in their disciples. <laughs> he says, keep your conscience clear. And then he gives the example of some who have not kept their conscience clear. Right? 
How many of you know that purity and integrity doesn't just randomly happen to people? Everything is fighting against purity and integrity in this world, right? Everything, again, that the devil in the world throws at us is trying to get us to violate our conscience. And this is so powerful because if you, when, you're, when you have a clean conscience, you can relate to God as Father and serve him freely. But if your conscience, if you feel like your conscience is violated, it's hard. You don't have the confidence to approach God or serve him with your whole heart. And spiritual mothers and fathers don't just teach their disciples holiness. They model it. A holy life. Godly character. Now look up here. Perfection? No. I have wonderful spiritual mothers and fathers in my life. And they have faults. Go figure. They're human. Go figure. They're also following Jesus, becoming more like him, right? But I can say this for sure. I've had people in my life. I have people in my life that aren't just teaching me to be godly. Not just teaching me to be pure not just teaching me to have integrity and to live a holy life. I look at them and I see it modeled. Again, those that have children know they'll do what you do, not what you say. (laughs) Right? Spiritual fathers and mothers model and reproduce godly character in their disciples. We can teach, you all know this one, right? We can teach what we know, but we can only reproduce who we are. That's right. The benefit of that is purity and integrity. Something that is absolutely impossible without proper formation as a disciple. Yes? It says helping anybody tonight. Now, before we conclude, my lovely wife, who, speaking of a spiritual mother, she's going to come up. I'm going to say one more thing, and then I'm going to let her take it away. 1 Corinthians 4, 15 through 17. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you, only, you have only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So I urge you to imitate me. Hold on. Imitate me the way I live my life, but also imitate me in being a spiritual father. Okay? That's why I've sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He'll remind you of how I follow Christ Jesus, just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. Timothy not only walked in Paul, his spiritual father's footsteps, but Paul told is now telling them you want to be right? You want to, you want, and basically he's saying, don't just imitate me. I'm sending Timothy because you can Im- imitate him too. I don't know about you, but I want disciples that at the end of the day, I know they're making disciples and, and their life is worth imitating, right? You may have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. We can learn a lot from teachers. And listen, please do. Get all the teaching that you can. I am always reading a book or listening to a podcast. Always, always, always. 
I'm learning from teachers that I do not know. I've never met them, probably never will meet most of them. But only spiritual mothers and fathers can actually form us and forge us through their life and their love. Okay? Okay. I just want to share some nuggets with you guys. Is that okay? Is that good? So when I think about what the Word of God says, that God places the lonely in families. And the family is a family of God, the church, the body of Christ. The first, the first thing that all of us need is the, a belong. We need to, we, the need of being loved. We all have that. That's why we compromise and get in sin that we shouldn't write when we're far away from God. And the second one is to belong. And God created this part, this thing, this great idea about the church and the body of Christ. And it, that's the family that we get plugged in. And I just want to, before I go, you know, there is no perfect church. There are no perfect leaders and there are no perfect pastors, right? So when we come into, we know that we are all humans trying to follow God and do his will. And we all make mistakes listening to God sometimes, right? But we are all following and trying. And so I feel like for the body of Christ to really make an impact, we need a people in the church like disciples of Jesus that are willing to respond to the call to be spiritual mothers and fathers. Because as you know... As much as Hunter and I want to be the spiritual, even though we are the pastors and we are the overall covering a spiritual a mother and father, we cannot personally mother you and father each person in our church. Right. You know, our goal is that the few people that we disciple become spiritual mothers and fathers to others. Yes. And those to others and those to others, okay? So... To be a spiritual mother and father, you do not have to have children to understand this concept. You can be 13 years old, 12 years old, to have a heart that cares. And you can be a single 75-year-old that have a heart that cares and that have the eyes to see what God sees. Because when you see a new disciple, when you see someone in the park, and out of the sudden you get a revelation, a supernatural revelation from God. And I can talk to Kara about what I see is a powerful woman of God that is going to change the, her family, her generations, and her, her legacy. If she gets a hold of the word of God, her children and the children of her children will forever be transformed. And I don't know who from that genealogy... I don't know who might be the next president of the United States, the next missionary to Cuba, the next pastor in the, in the state of Colorado. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do not know that generations can transform. So when you look at someone, what do you see? And this is a different concept from nowadays. Like, do you, are you looking for followers? I want to just gather people that know how charismatic and how smart I am and how I am better and how can I gather and take them from here to here and I create my followers because that is just a, self, a nature thing that you want followers. But do you want followers or do you want to raise sons and daughters? You want to change destiny one person at a time or you just want to be popular? Do you want to be popular or you are okay with working, raising sons and daughters that people might never see what you really do and the work that you put into? 
because no one sees the times I wake up with my kids. I only see it in the middle of the night. The times I pick up their throw up, the diapers that I change, the poop that I have cleaned, the, the boogers that I have wiped. You don't see that, that part. But is this, is, this is what I'm saying. It's such a selfless call. Because is it, are you just want to be popular? Do you want people to see, wow, Liz, she's so smart. She knows the word of God. She knows it. She's such a great teacher. Or someone in heaven, you know, there's going to be a person that, I don't know, but she became a great pastor and hundreds of people were changed. And I don't know until I go there. Because I, we're raising people, right? Is it how many people am I influencing versus how many people am I raising? So how many people am I influencing or how many people am I raising? Nowadays, everyone wants to influence. Oh, you're a good influence. And yes, God calls us to be a good influence. But there, has a com there, there comes a point in the, in the disciple that you say, hey, it's not so much about my influence. It's so much, much who am I raising. Ra raising, raising to love God, to be anchored in the word, to to transform a generation. And, and sometimes we get so caught up in the generational thing. But think about this. Generations, it's not like, oh, all the masses of people that you touch. But it's the people behind you and behind those that are you are raising. Their children and their children and their children and their children. Sometimes I think about the scriptures that say, things that I have not seen and ears have not heard are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And I always have thought about this verse as like, wow, I'm going to do this miraculous things and things that, have not, that I have not seen and ear has heard. And what if God is speaking about the things that nobody sees? <laughs> Maybe the big word is done when nobody sees and when nobody hears because those are the things that the Lord has prepared for us. There has to come a shift in the life of the follower of Jesus Christ, either if you're part of the church or not, that you just stop going to see what you can get. Yes. And you turn to see what can I give. Yes. How can I make Tia a better follower of Jesus? And I know some of us think a lot of time, Liz, I, don't, I can't even do my own life. You have no idea. I can't even handle my own life. I can't even put, like, control myself. You know, I can't even manage my life. You have no idea all the emotional issues I have, the attacks, the you know. And, and that's truth. But maybe that is the problem. That you're just thinking about yourself too much. That the moment you take your eyes off of what you need... And start looking at the needs of other people. That is the moment that you start maturing in Christ. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When you're so worried about you and think about your needs and what you can get from that church and what I can get and what I can get. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Like maybe I'm getting older and I'm getting wiser. Praise God, right? I'm 40. But let me tell you something. It will never be enough. You will never get enough for yourself. Because the song says, never enough, never enough. That's truth. 
that, that there will never be enough teaching, there will never be enough love, there will never be enough understanding to my emotions, there will never be enough understanding to what I go through, there will never be enough because we are selfless, a bottomless pit of selfishness by nature. You and I, I am no good without God in my life. But we think we are too good. We think we have it together. And the moment we think and we start coming from a place of judgment, there will never be enough and you will be unhappy and unsatisfied the rest of your life. Because in the kingdom of God, it's better to give than to receive. And we are coming to receive, receive, receive. And guess what? When you change your perspective, don't you think God cares about you as a daughter and a son? And that he's going to meet all your needs? It's like Pastor Rodney was teaching us to do the will of my father is my food. And because you're, we're always hungry for more and more and more, that is a sign. If you are not satisfied, it's a sign that you're not encountering the loving, living God. Because here with stage, no stage, with chair, no chair, with whatever, he is enough for me. He is my portion. And so with this portion that the Lord has given me here in Kenesa, in this country, in that house that I have, I don't just look at me, but I say, what can I give? Who can I raise and be better? And maybe you are listening to this or saying, well, Liz, I've been coming to your church for five years and I have, not be, I have not had a spiritual mom like the one you say you are or a dad. Let me tell you, well, be what you did not have. Yes. Become what was not given to you. Yes. Instead of sitting there complaining about everything that has not been given to you, guess what? There were many things that were not given to me, but I decided to give like I would have liked to be given to me. Because Jesus is my portion. Jesus is my portion every single day. He's my living bread. And he cares about me. You will never be a spiritual mom and a spiritual dad. If you don't understand first how much God loves you as a son and a daughter. And you can strive so hard to make disciples. You can go to Swift Contrail <laughs> and pass cars and all of that. But until you are like marinated every single day in how much he loves you, you will never understand how much he loves people. So when my love is running short because it does, Liz cannot love people like God does. I am not that good. No. That's the way some of you, you think you have a very high esteem of you. That you need to, to bring it out to reality. Because you aren't. You aren't. Like the Bible says in Romans, do not think of yourself higher than you should. It's true. Like we are selfish. Self-centered. Bottomless spit. And I see it in my own children. It's like there's never enough. You know, if you have kids, you know. It doesn't matter how much. They still want more. Guess what? You and I are the same way. Only God satisfied. And I want to finish with this. Be 
a good spiritual son and a good spiritual daughter as well. Position yourself to be, you know, and not just think about what you can get, but think about what you can give. So I hope this little things helped you. Um, you know, either way, we don't lose. Jesus wins. <laughs> if I think I'm too good, I lose. If I think I'm too low, you lose. You know, so just let, allow Jesus to level you. Allow him to, to and become active in this world and, be, and do something and raise someone higher. That's what matters. We don't want, don't want to just influence people. We don't want followers. You know, it's not about gathering a, a big crowd. It's about working with one person at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.